Welcome to another episode of Junior Achievement of South Florida's Recipe for Success. Just as there are no two recipes that contain the exact same ingredients or measurements, there are no two success stories exactly the same. Recipe for Success features entrepreneurs, visionary leaders, and innovators of all ages who will share the ingredients that make them successful. Here's your host, Lori Salarulo, President and CEO of Junior Achievement of South Florida. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of JA's Recipe for Success. Uh, as you know, we bring leaders and, and uh, entrepreneurs into our, our kitchen, my kitchen, JA's kitchen, wherever it might be in the times of the pandemic, uh, and talk about the ingredients to success. And uh, some of these leaders, and, and I know today's guests will be equally as inspiring, have truly uh, just shared some amazing recipes with us. And um, and I hope that you're all inspired by these interviews as well. Today's guest is someone that I have known, I'm not even going to admit for how long, um, but he was, as my son just said, he my son wasn't even a twinkle in my eye when I knew this guy. And, um, but to watch him at, at, over the years and we've watched each other grow and, and, and become, um, better leaders, I think, in this community and very involved leaders. And so I want to welcome my friend, more than anything, uh, President and CEO of the Greater Fort Lauderdale Alliance, Mr. Bob Swindell. Hello there. Hi, Lori. Thank you for that great introduction. Oh, you're welcome. I said, I, you know, I, I can remember, right, throwing your birthday party. I think it was your first birthday party. Um, in our home. And so we have been through a lot of things together. And so I'd like to say it's my first. It was my first surprise birthday party. I don't think you're there for the first one. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. It was your first surprise birthday party. And it was a pleasure that I had something to do with it. So, um, so, you know, the, one of the things that I love most about the show is, you know, I do get to bring some of the people that I've known for a long time, but you know, it's funny, we go to all these networking events and do all these things together. And, but we don't often get a chance to have these kinds of conversations. Right. And so I've watched you as a leader and I'm always, you know, admiring the things that you've done at the Alliance, how you've grown it. Um, and, and the, that I, I think the leader that the organization has become, right, in, in our community around workforce and not economic development. Um, and so that's been a real honor. But today we can talk a little bit. Oh, I got the producer on hand here, Mr. Patrick. Can you produce from over there for us, please? Yeah. Thank you, sir. Um, and so today, though, I, I, I love that we have the chance to talk about those ingredients. And so for those that don't know you as well and as long as I do, share a little bit about your story and how you got to where you are today. Uh, because I knew you when, when I first met you as an entrepreneur. Well, thanks again, Lori, and, and thanks for the opportunity. Uh, and you're right, we, we, we don't always get authentic opportunities to get to know um, people that we enjoy spending time with. But, but you're right that a lot of the, the receptions that we go to and there's other opportunities, we have you know just minutes with, with people and it doesn't give you a chance to, to dive very deep. Um, yeah, so, you know, you've known me over the years. Um, if someone had asked me, you know, 20 years ago, would you be doing economic development? I probably would have said, well, what is economic development? I, I, I own and run a small business. That's economic development, right? And, and what you learn when you do this job is, yeah, there's a lot of definitions for economic development. Um, you know, you do economic development. Junior achievement is a huge, uh, has a huge role in economic development and preparing 
our young people for careers, for their own business. Um, it doesn't, they don't actually have to have their own business, but they understand more about business and how business operates. Um, so yeah, so I had a, uh, you know, a, a, what was a local you know, plumbing supply business and we grew it to covering uh, seven southern southeastern U.S. states. Uh, great business. It was a uh, repair parts business and, and built a good team of people. Um, a lot of the foundational things that we learn as, uh, as good leaders, um, you know, you really learn, you know, as, as you work with folks. And, you know, I always studied people that I admired and, uh, and identified their skills and what they did well. Um, and then equally, I would see people that I didn't think a lot of their leadership skills and their management. I'd say, okay, well, that's what I don't want to do. Um, so I think, you know, that's, you know, part of, you know, what you bring to, uh, to a position or a role that you have in an organization is that life experience. Um, in 2003, when I started with the Alliance, um, you know, I knew the CEO. Um, we served on a couple of nonprofit boards together. I didn't know him well, but I knew him. And, uh, and the opportunity, uh, actually a good friend who you know well, um, Nancy O'Donnell was her maiden name at the time. I actually had gone to spend some, uh, take her to lunch, um, to think it will you know, be the next chapter in Bob Swindell's life. And um, I walked over to her office. She was with FAU at the time. And uh, when I walked in her office. She said, you know, I just got this email that there's a position available for the Alliance. And I'm like, what's the Alliance? She said, oh, well, you know, they do economic development. So I'm like, okay, well, again, that's a pretty broad phrase. And she's like, no, it's the vice president of business development. You know, you'd be marketing and promoting Fort Lauderdale is a place to do business. I'm like, oh, that's a pretty cool job. As somebody who grew up in, in Fort Lauderdale, um, you know, that would be something I would enjoy doing and it would inspire me to come to work every day. Um, and that's literally how I found out about the job and that started my path. Um, and it goes, you know, it, it, it goes without saying, uh, but I will say it, um, you know, your friends and your network are important and it may not be for the original thought that you had when you approached somebody, um, but that lunch just to talk about, you know, what would be good. I've known Nancy since I was in college. We went to the University of Florida together. Um, it was the opportunity to bounce some ideas off somebody I trusted. Um, I never anticipated that it would actually lead to what I would be doing for, you know, the next 20 years of my life. Um, so it's uh, it's funny when people ask me how long I worked at the Alliance. I usually say, you know, three or five years, you know, and you know, people that are around me are look at me, they're like, you know, are you serious? Did you just say five years? And I'm like, well, yeah, it feels like five years. Um, but it's hard to believe it's you know, been 17 years I've been at the Alliance. Um, you know, a whole new career um, and not something that was anticipated. But I use, you know, the you learn business skills and all those experiences you learn in, in running your own business. And a lot of the, the qualities that junior achievement teaches young people are the things that you draw on. Um, so when I came to the job, I didn't know the technical skills of the job, but I had a pretty good uh, business background. And I was really lucky when I came to the Alliance, there was a fairly good-sized team of folks that knew the programs, and they, they knew the technical stuff. So we worked really well together And that uh, I could you know, easily talk to a business person that was considering a, a move to Fort Lauderdale and talk to them about business and some of the costs that they might be encountering. Um, and the team then could filter them in on here are some of the programs we offer. Um, so it was a great way for me to learn more about the specifics of the business, um, but also to you know, share with my team some of the general business information and background that I had. 
Um, so that's really, that's how the, uh, the role of the Alliance started. Um, hadn't planned to become CEO. Um, you know, that happened as well. And that was interesting. You know, you, we work, you know, you and I share in the fact that we have a board of directors that we report to. Um, so I have about 80 some bosses, uh, and they all have oh, individual. Yeah, I'm only, I think we're now at 72. <laughs> so it, it's a lot to manage. Um, but you also get phenomenal input and get different perspectives. Um, I wouldn't have it any other way. And I've been really fortunate over the years. I've had some amazing board chairs. Um, David Armstrong was my first board chair. He was my board chair for my first two years as CEO. Um, and David, the, the former president of Broward College, was just you know a phenomenal mentor. Um, he understood working with boards and really just gave me a really good foundation. He was incredibly supportive of me. Um, you know, and we all know this, this the first couple of years are really important um, in you know, how you lay out, you know, your vision for the organization and you get your board to help shape that. But uh, and when I when I took the job, I asked the, uh, the current chair at the time, Peggy Nordine, if they wanted, you know, you know, more of the same status quo, if they wanted transformation. Because um, that was important to me in considering the job. And she said, do we want transformation? Like, well, if you want transformation, that's an opportunity that really intrigues me. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes um, you know, it's really interesting because when I came on at day, I mean, I, I was clearly told we needed transformation, right? We had an amazing leader who got us to where we got to, but we knew that it's kind of like today, right? I've said to my team, what got us from here to here, right, is not going to get us to here. So we need to change way that we're doing some things and, and maybe your vision even you know your, your core vision stays the same but maybe there's some slight um differences in how you get there right you talked a little bit about that and prioritizing right and making sure that you're doing what you have the capacity to do in today's right um, situation that we're in you know um i think one of the things that i love most about a ja is is our JA fellows program with the entrepreneurship program and I think back, you know, you had the opportunity to work with your dad um, in the business. Um, and I can't even imagine, you know, the things that you learned from him. Um, you know, share a couple of lessons that you took from there and from working with him uh, to the Alliance or, and to all that you do. So, yeah, it, it's, 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 it's great that you mentioned my dad. He uh, turned uh, 86 a, uh, about six weeks ago. And, uh, in good health we had a good time for his birthday and uh he's uh he lives up in stuart now as you know but he's uh he's he's doing well and uh you know some really strong values that he taught me early on you know was the value of the people that you have on your team and um you know he was a big fan you know he was always he was a consummate salesman um and that's how he started the business and um, his relationship with people. He was one of those, you know, we often hear it, well, he never met a stranger, but my dad really never met a stranger. He was interested in people, um, but he also taught me a lot about cushions and verbal cushions. Um, if you've got bad news to deliver, you start with something positive. Um, and you have those conversations one-on-one um, -on -one and uh, not in a public setting. Um, and the other things he taught me a lot about people is when you recognize folks, um, there's nothing more powerful than when you recognize a key team player 
in front of their family. Um, you know, it's it's it, it, that the, the pride that they have in that moment is something that you can't replace with anything else. Um, you know, it's nice to recognize, you know, your folks in front of the team they work with every day. Um, but given the opportunity to recognize people in front of their, their family and loved ones um, really is, is unique and special. Um, and that could be as simple as you see somebody at dinner when you're out and you just say, hey, you know, you know that your wife is doing an amazing job. And, you know, you hope that they overhear that a little bit. But it's not really, it doesn't have to happen because typically the spouse will go back and say, hey, you know, Bob was ragging on you and said this. Um, you know, that is really something that, and that was one of the things I learned from my dad. Um, so it's, it's those, those little psychological things that are important to people. He said that the two most important words in, in, you know, to anyone is, is their first and last name. So names are important. Um, he taught me early on when you go to dinner and someone comes up to wait on you and you know, they check on you, would you like some water or anything else, always get their name. And so you build that as, as a habit because he was in sales. So it was really important for him to know the person's name that he was talking to. Um, like early on when I started working here at the Alliance, we had a security guard in the lobby, um, and she's still here. Her name's Darlene. And I'm like, well, if I'm going to see this person every day, I'm not going to just say, hey, you. Um, it's important I know her name and learn a little bit about her and what she does, her family, um, what's important to her. Um, does that have any direct impact on what I do? Well, not really, but I think it's important that you know the people that, that you see and engage with. Um, and it's important to know someone's name. Um, I also learned pretty quickly from my dad that, uh, you know, the gatekeepers are really important. And uh, I would work with salespeople and they would dismiss a receptionist like the receptionist was beneath them and they wanted to get to the real decision maker. And we'd, we'd walked back out, you know, after a sales training session. And I'm like, you realize what you just did? I said, you will never get to that decision maker ever. I'm like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, you know, you can't belittle people and think you can bulldoze your way. It might work once in a while, but I'll tell you, your chances, you know, when you look at your, your odds of, of success, are going to be pretty, pretty dismal. Um, so it goes back to learning people's names. And, you know, knowing the first time you're not going to meet that decision maker, but when you come back in a month later and you talk to Peggy and say, hey, Peggy, good to see you again. You know, Peggy is, is like, well, he remembered my name. Um, so if anything, that gets you a couple of points. That, again, it doesn't open the door automatically, um, but you do things like that consistently and you care about people and you take a little bit of interest in others. It, uh, it, it makes for uh, a, a much better uh, business life and you find yourself to be um, a lot more well-rounded uh, and enjoy what you do and take those, yeah. those moments of time. You know, I think, and really, I mean, when I think about all those examples you just gave, it's really about making people feel special, right? Um, and your dad is great, is great at that. He is a schmoozer. I love every time I see him. He does, he gives me that big hug and smile and he's happy to see you and and he makes you feel special, like you're the most important thing yeah. in that moment. Okay, honey. Um, but so so I, I think that all those things you're talking about, and, and boy, I can tell you, I'm glad I know you're a gatekeeper, uh, because she's <laughs> my Helena. Uh, but, but, but you're absolutely right. And I, I think, you know, I, I, I learned the same thing from my dad that, you know, and he always used to say, be nice to the people on your way up. 
because those might be the same people you meet on the way down. Always, I can remember that, right? Um, and so same principle, same idea. And um, and Bob, you do, you always make everyone feel feel special. So, you know, economic development, you still, like you said, everybody has a different definition of what that means and what's in it for them. And right, so you have different constituent groups all pulling at you and wanting different things, right? Uh, from your organization, from you as a leader. How do you balance that, right? How do you make sure that you are uh, answering the call uh, of each of the different groups that you deal with? Um, what? How, how do you make that work? Because I know you know we have a similar situation, but yeah. how do you make that work? You've got some really high-powered people you're dealing with. That's a great question, and uh, you know, you and I, you know, we, we take our mission seriously, and we want to help people. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. I think why you do what you do at Junior Achievement. It's why what I do at the Alliance, when we look at job growth, and it's, you know, there's nothing more powerful than when you meet someone who has a job at one of the companies that we work with that is new to the community. And just in conversation, you find out they're working at Magically and they're working at another company. And that's like, wow, that's, you know, they will never understand our role in, in that process. But it's, it's really fulfilling when you meet someone who, uh, who has a job with one of the companies that, that we work with. Um, you know, I got really great advice early on um, from one of my vice chairs about mission creep. He said, you know, um, like junior achievement, when, when the Alliance as an economic development organization builds a reputation as being able to get things accomplished, uh, people will come to you with incredibly important issues. And, um, and they're, you know, and, and as, in, as a human being, you're, you're motivated, you want to, you know, try to help. Um, but, you know, Steve's advice to me was, you know, be real careful um, about, you know, getting outside of what the core business of the Alliance is. Um, and, you know, you, you mentioned economic development. So for the, the value of, of the folks that may be watching this, you know, the way we look at economic development is pretty simple. We have you know, four core components to what we do as an organization, as a business. Um, the first is the market to promote greater Fort Lauderdale as a business destination. So we spend a lot of, of, of time and effort on annual marketing plan that's both digital and print. And you know, to your point earlier, you know, the world has changed dramatically over the past decade. It's changed, you know, tenfold in the last eight months. And how do you do what we have to do? Um, the second part of what we do is manage projects. So if we have good marketing, hopefully, you get a business's attention. They're like, you know, you know, we've had people that have been sequestered at home for the last six months. Uh, you know, we've talked internally, and we think that, you know, a location in South Florida makes a lot more sense for us um, and how we see our business growing in the future. Um, so managing those projects, hopefully they come through good marketing, is the second part of our core business. The third part is research. Um, so that's market research, it's research for businesses that are thinking about the area. Um, sometimes our, our policymakers, our elected officials, they want some data and research. That, and we try to be a, uh, an unbiased um, and uh, a neutral provider of information. So we give you the economic data as, as, as we see it. Um, we don't put any kind of spin on it. And then the fourth component of what we do is, is you know, making sure that the public-private partnership is, is really strong. Um, and when I say that, what does that mean? Well, we have 31 municipalities in Broward County. Um, we have a strong county government. Um, 
you know, for us to effectively work with business and help businesses navigate through the process to you know, open up or expand in Broward County, um, knowing those city managers is really important. Um, knowing county administration is very important. Uh, knowing our electeds, um, you know, it, it means a lot to a company when the county mayor attends a meeting or the city mayor of the, the city that we're looking seriously at, at moving into um, takes time out to meet with them. Um, and I've never had a city manager or a, a, an elected official say no when I said, would you meet this business? Um, they actually love those opportunities. Um, and it means a lot to the business. So those are the four components of what we do. Um, you know, there's other things that are really important, like transportation, that definitely impacts our competitiveness as, as, a, as a region and as a place to do business. But we can't fix transportation. We can um, help and support organizations that do that. Um, offer the feedback we hear from companies about logistics and, and what might be important for them for transportation in the future. Um, but as important as transportation is, that's not something we can get in directly and get involved with. And sometimes we people approach us about you know, um, specific transportation issues. And it's again, it's not our core business. Right. Um, but there's so many good organizations that work in that area. Um, you know, they should take the lead. And so, so we try to support those that are in. Yeah, you do a great job of that too. You know, and so you have so many projects and so many things that you're working on and, and helping with, you know, getting the, the economy going again, right? Recovery right now. So focused on it, you have the campaign going on to help the county. Um, you have so many different things that you are managing, but yet your team is not that big. So how do you make that happen, right? What is the, what's the secret to that? Right, not, not having that many people, but yet making so many great things happen. Well, thanks. That's a nice compliment to the team. Um, yeah, we're, we're about 17 people. Um, and one of the things I really like about what I do is I enjoy coming to work every day. I work with a great group of people. Um, it was really strange for a couple of months that we were all working remotely um, and really engaging in environments like this, you know, so virtually. Um, we made it work. Um, but, you know, as, as, as helpful as virtual meetings are, you know, you and I both know we don't replace the interaction we have as human beings. We're social beings. I mean, that's yeah. part of who we are as humans. Um, but I have a team of people that really enjoys what they do. Um, they love the community. They take pride in, in what they do. Um, they realize how important it is, you know, that, you know, a lot of us define who we are by what we do for a living. And so making sure there's opportunities for people have a career to you know be able to expand you know pass an entry-level job um, it's important that we have companies continually move, moving continue to move into the area and move into broward um, and provide those employment opportunities um, so that's a big part of it the other part of it is you know very much like junior achievement we have business members so we have you know we have almost 600 business volunteers um, that help us do what we do in, in many different ways um, sometimes they travel with us at their own expense to either visit a market where we think there's some companies that are uh, eligible to move um, that may want a uh, you know, South Florida location. Um, sometimes, you know, even on the, the leadership trips, we had 90 people, I think, in Charlotte um, just before all the COVID hit. So February and first day of March in this year, um, but all those folks travel at their own expense because they want to learn we admired Charlotte. They wanted to learn what Charlotte does well. Um, and in that process, they've learned a little bit more about what Broward does well. 
Um, and sometimes, you know, they walk away saying, hey, you know, Broward's pretty good in this particular area. I mean, I think we're better than Charlotte. They could learn a few things from us. Um, and that's when you have a good give and take in the communities that we go and visit. Um, so those volunteers are a big part of how we amplify what, you know, 18 people, 17 people can do uh, for the work that we do. Um, yeah. And, and they do a good job of acknowledging and uh, encouraging volunteers to, you know, to have their time uh, and, and get involved with us yeah and you know well listen i my heart goes out to gail because i know uh it's hard sometimes right you just say oh I'll just do it myself um but because you're managing so many people and so many personalities and so many logistics and she makes it look seamless so I, I, you absolutely have the right people on your team there's no doubt about that um, and yeah, and sometimes we think the grass is greener on the other side. Oh, maybe I should go live in Charlotte. I should go back to live in New York, or right, New York had this. New York. But you know, at the end of the day, when you when you go back and you take another look, you go, oh, wait a minute, maybe this isn't so bad. And so you obviously thought this was a great place because I believe you were born here and have not left um, South Florida. And so, so tell me, you know, I I know I often share uh, stories about a sailing trip that we went on together. Um, we won't share any of those stories right now, but um, so I know that being on the water is really important to you um, and family and those things. But, um, you know, and you've, you've shared so many, so many uh, amazing ingredients here. And I, I'm going to read off a couple because it's interesting when you, until you see it all down, or you hear it, you don't realize how many things might have contributed to, to the success of that of that recipe. You know, you talked a lot about building your network, right? You talked about how you got the job at the Great Fort Lauderdale Alliance, um, and that was part of somebody in your network, right? Sharing that with you, and then bouncing idea off of others, knowing that we don't always know everything, right? And sometimes we need we need to get other perspectives, right? Especially with what we're going through right now in our communities. We need to hear each other's perspectives. And, and I love that about you, Bob. You, you do. You always listen and want to understand where everybody is coming from. Um, you know, study the people. I love what you said, studying the people you admire, right? And then also the people that you don't want to become like, right? And understanding that, that that's not something you want, want to develop. Uh, that entrepreneurial spirit and having that clear vision, uh, engaging partners and members mentors, um, how to deliver news, right? You talked a lot about that. And sometimes in our jobs, we have to, right? And we have to make tough decisions and do tough things. Uh, and I love this one, you know, that you learn from your dad about making people feel special, uh, whether it's by knowing your name, uh, understanding the role that they play and the importance, even though their title might not reflect that, right? Um, and so I, I totally agree with that. Staying focused. Uh, making sure that you're building a team of the right people, the people who love the organization, love the community, love the work that you're doing, right? That's the why and the passion, the passion around it. Um, and, and then managing all of the different people that we, that we, that we deal with and we have to please during these, these tough times, especially lots of great ingredients there. And, and I added that listening part there cause you didn't mention it, but I do have to say you're probably one of the best listeners I know. Um, and I think that's so important as a leader. It's something I work on all the time. Um, what, with all of those ingredients, Bob, 
Right. And I know you don't do most of the cooking at home. Okay. I have heard that from little birdie, but, <laughs> but, but you watch probably. What is the main ingredient? Cause you know, every recipe has a main ingredient, a staple that keeps it together. What is the main ingredient to Bob Swindell's success? Hmm. That's uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's you, you treat people the way you want to be treated. Um, it goes back, it's the simple golden rule. You know, um, you treat people with respect. Um, you, you, you trust people. Um, you know, you approach from a source of abundance. Um, and, you know, you, you, you catch people doing things right. Um, you know, there's a lot of folks that manage out there by catching people doing things wrong all the time. And, you know, we all make mistakes. But I think, you know, when I look at the ingredient um, that's made me successful is I treat people the way I want to be treated. And it could be at a restaurant. It could be at a retail shop. It could be on the phone with someone. Um, you know, when someone's trying to do their job, you may not be getting the answer that you want. Um, but you realize that that's not necessarily their fault. Um, so, you know, yelling or berating someone on the phone um, is not really probably going to get you any closer to what you want to get accomplished. Um, you know, sometimes you have to ask for somebody with more more authority. So it doesn't hurt, you know, and it's no reflection on that individual saying, could you let me talk to a supervisor? But again, it really goes back to treating people the way you want to be treated. Um, you know, we have one of the other strengths we talked about that somebody didn't touch on is, is continuity. Um, you know, a lot of folks have worked at the Alliance for a long time. Um, so you create a, an environment where people also want to come to work and enjoy working. Um, but I think when people realize that they're respected, that their opinions are respected, um, may not always agree, and you know, we may make a, a different decision. Um, but to your point earlier, it's 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 the confidence that, you know, that I'll listen, the leadership team here listens, and we may choose a different path. And usually I'll try to explain why I made a different choice. Sometimes the, there's not enough time to explain um, as thoroughly as people might want to you know, get the explanation. But you know that's part of, you know, they need to have confidence in you as the leader too. You've got a role as CEO of the organization um, and, uh, and that trust goes both ways. Um, and so sometimes they may not fully understand, but if your team, you, know, you, you believe in your team, and your team will you know, hopefully return that with trust and know that uh, that you're making the decisions for you know, the best interest of the organization. Yeah, yeah, really, really good point. You know, um, and I love it. You know, I um, integrity, right? Kind of what what you're talking about, treating people the way you want to be treated. You know, and you're right. I mean, you know, sometimes you, you don't get what you want, whether it's a call or you're in a store or whatever. And I know I always say to people, listen, I'm not upset with you. Right. I'm just upset with the situation because I want them to know that, you know, I might not be happy about the way this is being handled, but this is not about you. Right. Um, and even in my private life, I say that, you know, I'm upset right now, but it's not about you. I'm just upset at the situation. And so I think communicating that and, and, and letting people know that is so important. But um, Bob, I, all I can say to you is that I, I feel privileged. And I mean this, you know, you and I joke around sometimes and, and we, uh, we, we pick a little bit and all that stuff and we have our private jokes. But, but I, I do feel so privileged um, to work with you. I feel privileged that you serve on the board of Junior Achievement. 
uh, because you bring the perspective, right, that we need as we get these young people ready, right? And you and I hear this day in and day out that we don't have a talent pipeline, right? And that it's dwindling. And how do we get them ready? And, and I look, I know that sometimes I am just that loud voice sometimes, right? That's screaming, pay attention to the youth because we're so focused on the adult issues that we're dealing with, right? And the economy and the, but if we don't simultaneously prepare the next generation to take the reins, to be financially secure and, and to have that freedom, especially in our low income areas, right? We know there's a divide of financial uh, freedom and financial education. Um, if we don't address that, where will we be? And in four to six years, some of these kids are gonna be out. Actually, some of them will be out in a couple. So I thank you for your support always um, of Junior Achievement and the work that we do and for, for that alignment, right? And always working towards each other. We may not always think how we get there is the same, but we always have respectful conversation and, and share that and, and, and know that that we have to make sure that we're preparing the future. So, so thank you for all that you do in our community, um, because I know that for you, it's not just a job. This is where you grew up, and this is the, the county and the place that you love. Um, and I've come to love it too, even though when I got here, uh, how many years ago, God, Patrick's 28. So 29 years ago, I remember going, there's one theater, right? You know, I mean, I lived in Manhattan and we had a theater, you know, 20 theaters on a block. And I would be like, well, I feel like I'm in like, you know, this little baby town here. But, but I have grown to love this and it's home, right? And I think you and I share that in common that we truly do care about this community and we care about the people. Um, and so thank you for all that you do. Um, we don't often get, get that, um, but thank you uh, for your dedication and your commitment to your team, to the organization, and to our community, and to JA. Well, thank you, Lori. Thank you for serving on the Alliance Board. You know, that's, that's you know, I appreciate your leadership and mm -hmm. what you bring to our conversations. And, you know, you play such a critical role in junior achievement, plays such a critical role in touching every public school student twice, you know, as they go to school. I'm a product of Broward County Public Schools. Um, and so I know the system pretty well. Um, but the fact that, you know, every, every student goes through not only, you know, the, the center, but, you know, everything that leads up to that, that day of immersion um, really helps shape, you know, financial literacy. Um, and they provide examples that they don't normally get at home. And you're right. If, if we are ever going to ultimately change the institution, and we wonder why you know decades go by and, and you know we spend money, we talk about it, but we don't impact the core problems in some of our our most economically distressed areas. Yeah. Um, we've got to provide social mobility, economic mobility to our residents. Um, yeah. And yeah. It's a it's a vital part of what what we do, what Junior Achievement does, um, and I think we've got a lot of of, of partners. Um, to take that mission to heart as well, so it's uh, it's important. And, you know, Broward College, who's a great uh, landlord to Junior Achievement, yeah, um, but they are also um, with Greg Hale's leadership. Um, you know, his personal story is inspiring. Uh, but he uh, he and his team at Broward College are that unique ingredient as well that really can help you know, prepare the next generation 
better than than we compared the last generation. Yeah, yeah, we had Greg on the show actually not that long ago, and he talked about Broward Up and and all of that. And we're proud to be partners of all of these these initiatives. Um, and you know, I mean, seventy percent of the kids that we serve are are from our lower income. And you know, the remote center that we just opened yesterday. It was really about serving those communities, right? It was not about the private pay people. They could go, you know, form pods and spend their money and go to taekwondo wow. places. Hi, buddy. Oh, thank you. Patrick had lunch while we were talking. Um, yeah. I appreciate it. Good job. Um, you know, so I, that's what it's all about, right? We're fortunate to have opportunities. And we need to make sure that we give those opportunities to all the others, including our population with special needs. So, um, and so we actually are serving about 10% of the kids that are at the center right now uh, doing remote learning or children with special needs. So, I don't need to, but. So. And see, nothing replaces that hug. We can do all these virtual meetings we want, but a son's hug for his mom, there's nothing that can even come close. Yeah, let me tell you, that is that is unconditional love. I mean, my daughter loves me now that she's 25. She's, you know, she didn't know. She learned how, how smart you are. <laughs> she did not appreciate my my advice or my uh, my my knowledge back then, but she does now, and I'm so proud of it. And I and I want to share this because you know Samantha. Um, but Samantha called me the other day, and she was so excited, and I said. What's going on? Like, what you know? What happened? And she goes, "Mom, I have to share this with you," and and I can't thank you enough. And I'm like, "Who are you?" Right? Like, is this my daughter? And she said, "Mom, I am." I, she finally, there was a math class that she needed to get her AA degree. She failed it five times. She passed it on the same day that she got her degree. She signed up for FAU to go get her bachelor's. She also paid off her last debt. Right. And told me she had seventy five hundred dollars in the bank, which I said, OK, we're going out to dinner and you're paying tonight. OK. Um, and she said and, and her credit score hit seven hundred. You know, all those times I talked about this. Right. When we right. teach them, we think they're not listening. They are listening. And so here's this young lady who I didn't think was listening. Right. And who heard it. Right. Not every day, but heard it every once in a while. Yeah. And 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 it's changed her life. The, the 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 sheer joy that I heard in her voice that she had achieved financial freedom of her own, right? It's kind of the joy in my voice I had to contain, but but you know, <laughs> she off, the, off the payroll. But but she was so happy, Bob. And that's what I want. That's what Junior Achievement wants for every single child, because we know we can't always change the behaviors of adults. Right, they're set in their ways, but we can change the attitudes and the behaviors and prepare our young people for the future. So, thank you for being there. Thank you for all that you do, and for ad advocating on our behalf. You are an amazing leader, my friends, and I'm just so proud to know you. Ditto. Thank you, Lori. Great spending time with you. You too. Bye bye.